Hello, Internet, and welcome to the debut episode of the Steam Cleaners podcast presented by the Rough Drafts Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Wassenaar, and I am joined, as always, by the lovely Walter Fetchup. Walter, how are you doing on this fine debut episode? I am doing very, very well. I know that um, when we first sort of got back into podcasting, we were very sort of like, hey, let's just focus on the movies. Let's just do this because that's what I think we really, really enjoyed uh, of kind of like the secondary content that we used to do you know, back five, six years ago when we were doing things. Obviously, the esports stuff was our was our big money maker, but like we just found out that we liked the same movies and we liked talking to each other and we would spend an hour and a half before we recorded the esports stuff talking about movies we were watching. So, hey, let's just record an episode and, and go from it with that. And when we were talking about additional content, what could we do? We sort of were like, hey, uh, we both have massive Steam libraries full of games that we haven't touched. So what if we just play those games and just talk about it? And the idea of Steam Cleaners was born. <laughs> yep. And to put a number on that, because I use the Playnight library tracker, which connects all of the different uh, apps that you can uh, that you can use. Um, they have, you know, Steam, GOG, Epic, Bethesda, a whole bunch of different things connected there. And do you want to guess how many games I have, Walter, after I have hidden all of the duplicates? Between all of them? Across all of my platforms, just for PC, obviously. This doesn't include my Switch because it doesn't connect to uh, consoles outside of, I think, PlayStation. I am going to say you have one game. I have 1,352 games, Walter. That is... That'll do it. Far too many games. And I need an excuse to play them. And that's what this podcast is going to be. Uh, this is going to be... For those of you who didn't listen to our business episode at the top of the year, explaining kind of what we're uh, planning on for 2022, um, this is going to be an episode where we're just going to we're going to talk about a game that we have been playing recently, and it's going to be a little bit more freeform, should be a little bit shorter than our Final Cut episodes. Uh, this will not obviously take over from Final Cut. This is for the in-between weeks, and I'm excited to ask the question on everyone's mind, Walter. What have you been playing recently? I've been playing League of Legends, end of episode. <laughs> oh, no. Uh <laughs> Given the preseason patch, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I have been I have been playing some League of Legends, but that's not what this podcast is about. It's about playing games that I haven't been playing. Uh, so if you've paid attention to my stream, uh, you will see that I started streaming again. I did two Tuesdays in a row, even though I want to do Mondays. Eh, whatever. Nothing is consistent in life. Uh, and <laughs> I decided to put it to a vote, and I put four games up there. I don't remember the other three off the top of my head. Uh, oh, it's Frostpunk, Going Under, The Sexy Brutal, and the game that I ended up playing, uh, Monster Prom. Um, I, you recommended me this game a couple years ago because okay. you really enjoyed it. And I bought it at the time, and I actually like installed it at the time, and then I never, ever, ever, 
touched it. Because <laughs> it is it is really outside of sort of the realm of games that I tend to like get pulled towards. Like throughout the pandemic, I played uh, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. I played Red Dead Redemption 2. I am still in the midst of a 60 plus hour Assassin's Creed Valhalla playthrough right now. So like not a lot of competitive dating simulators, you're saying? I mean, no. <laughs> I like. I remember when Hat Hatoful Boyfriend came out. When um, uh, what was the other one with all like the dads? Oh well, that would be Dream Daddy. That dating Dream simulator, Dream Daddy came out when the KFC one came out. I was like, <laughs> um, that's cute. Like you guys can all live over there in in like anime land that's not for me i'm gonna stick to like playing 200 hours of nba 2k on my computer but i decided as part of this project i wanted to play stuff i one i haven't played but also play stuff that i probably wouldn't normally play um so that's why like i put out on that list some games that i really wanted to play and then i put this one out and ultimately i knew this this was going to be the decision like i knew my follower base, I knew Chase, like, the second I tweeted it, I knew there was already one vote for Monster Prom. Um, so I resigned myself that I was going to play this game uh, for at least one full streaming session of four hours, and most likely two. And I have to say, the first streaming session, I I really, really enjoyed it. I was having a lot of fun. Um, I, I did three full like runs, you know, the 60 minute long game runs. Uh, I will say I did not explore the multiplayer aspect of this at all. Um, I didn't want to like just choose randoms on the internet. If I wanted to do that, I would choose a friend like Chase I, or other people I, to play with. Down at any time for the record. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun. I was really into the characters um, I sort of played it blind like the first time through and I ended up going with uh, with Vera, the Gorgon, um, and sort of afterwards was like, oh, like certain characters that I interacted with, I was like interested in. I, Scott, the werewolf, the lovely, lovely baby boy. I was interested in him. I was interested in Polly. Like, I was like, cool, I have like some characters that I want to pursue their, them on future playthroughs and see how it goes. So that was the first run. Pretty cool. Successfully went to prom with Vera, the, the capitalist uh, mafioso Gorgon. You That's almost awesome. helped her become the greatest crime lord, but you pledged your love just a little bit too soon. If I remember correctly. I should have kissed the crocodile. That was my mistake. I should have kissed the crocodile. Which, <laughs> I, I guess I want to say that is like, there are some options where they're so absurd that you're just like, nah, dude, like, that's, no, no way, nah, that's not correct, that's not the correct way forward, and then surprise, like, they are, and I learned that in subsequent playthroughs. Yes. I think, I think the real, like, awesome part of sort of the stream uh, that first day was the second one, I was like, cool, I got Vera, what are, like, the next, like, characters that I would be attracted to? It's like, oh, Polly, the like drug ghost like yeah i i like i like me a party girl like hell yeah and then i got to the first choice and it was polly and liam who is liam is like the hipster vampire and it's like you are not they're not letting you into a club the bouncer's not letting you in how do you like 
How do you get out of this situation? And one option was like, start a party in the street that's way better than what's going on in the club. I'm like, okay, I get that. And then the second one was to recite a proletariat speech about how you needed to seize the means of partying. And I just like <laughs> burst out. I, and I, if you know me, if you followed me on Twitter, if you paid attention to me, and I'm pretty far leaning left. And I was like, I wanted to go poly, but like I can't. I I I would be lying to myself if I didn't choose the other option. And yeah. we got a surprise Liam run out of it. And like I was totally not interested in that character just from like visually. Like I just like and and I ended up having a lot of fun and like. Again, just talking about the weirdness of it, like, the title of that video on YouTube is going to be Weird Dicks and Domestic Terrorism. <laughs> like, like it, it's so quirky, and yes. it was really enjoyable. Well, and the fun part about its absurdity, right, is that every answer can be correct in the right circumstances. It's all based on what your character's stats are at the time. So if there's a, a two options... One seems to be like more creative and one seems to be more fun. Whichever stat of yours is higher is the one that will lead to the successful outcome. Um, that's one of those things you kind of start to uncover over time. The game never teaches you that, but you learn as you play like, oh, this answer that was right the first time is wrong now because I have a different build than the one I had before. And I just love the wackiness and the humor of it. Um, Every answer can, there, there's no answer too absurd. If you look at an answer and you're like, that's too absurd, the game's like, oh, if only you know how absurd it's actually going to get if you pick this answer and it happens to be for the stat that you're good at at this time. Um, there's just, all of the, the options that you get for people you can date are incredibly fun and likable in their own way. And they are all monsters the things that you help them do are uh obscenely terrible if you were to remove it from the context of the game but the game's got this happy upbeat music and the whole thing is so tongue-in-cheek and self-aware and fun and horny and oh so horny oh my god it's the horniest game i've ever played and i am somebody who plays dating simulators uh so that is saying a lot um did you do you have a favorite so far having now had a chance to kind of experience everybody yeah so so i i did i did end up dating everyone um i got three secret endings out of the the seven runs i did and then i tried to do one of the event runs that i i just had no feel for it so i ended up just not picking anyone at the end of that mm -hmm. uh so um I mean, I really liked Scott. I thought Scott was just beautifully written of being just the big, dumb... He's a werewolf, so it's like the big, dumb do doggy jock. It was like It was so well written. The quips that you got from Polly that were just like drug-induced and just overly sexualized were a lot of fun. Um, I really didn't like Damien. I thought he was just boring. I'm like, oh, you're the demon. Okay. That's... That's the talk of somebody that didn't get to punch the sun in the face, which is something that you can do as Damien if you get lucky. And this is where <laughs> then I get to the and but. Because 
after I did Scott, because I was really excited about Scott and Chase, you were you were in the stream chat and you told me about the the secret cocaine ending, and I got the cocaine ending, and that was kind of fun. And then I was like by myself, or at least there was if there were people in chat, nobody was talking, so I was kind of playing by myself. And I did a Miranda run, and I was like, okay, like eh, I wasn't really into her, like whatever. And then I tried to do um, Dragon Heat. Yes. Because I was like, I love the movie Dragonheart. Screw it. And again, like, I didn't really have a feel for it. I didn't really have a feel for, like, what I should be choosing or how it was going to progress or anything like that. And, like, where you helped me with the cocaine ending and you're like, oh, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to get the progression anyways. I felt lost. I really felt like I didn't know what I was going to do got to the ending and I was like, well, I didn't really max any stats here. Cause like I missed out on like, because I was so focused on the seat on the event that I wasn't focused on anything else. So I went stag. So I got that achievement, like cool. And I did Damien. And at that point um, I have played 7.7 hours. So just, just about two full streams of like four hours a piece. And I got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore. Because now I felt like, and much with like the um, Stanley Parable and other kind of like walking simulator games like that, where you start getting into like secrets. Sure, I could have like kept playing and just done run after run after run after run after run. But by that point, the novelty and like the weirdness and the shock value had sort of worn off on you like worn away you say oh well that's you that sounds like someone that like didn't get to punch the sun i'm like cool but like i have to get lucky to get to that ending and i have to know the right responses and now i have to go like look up a guide to see how i get to that because that's that's like the completionist mentality in my head and if it stopped if like the quirkiness stops being quirky and like entertaining like ha 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 that's so funny that's awesome then it just becomes annoying. And that's why like I, I stopped streaming. I was like, I'm done with this game. I've I have absorbed what I've liked from it. And I am sure if I was drinking and playing multiplayer with you and other friends, like I would definitely go back to it and have a great time. But as a single player experience, I went through everyone once and now I'm like, cool. I get the point of the game. I understand what it is. These characters are all really like well written. I'm good. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Um, for the record, I uh, I agree with your landing spot completely. I I will be honest with you. I spent a lot of time uh, on Monster Prom, but I did it with guides open because I just wanted to see what the secret endings were. They're wacky. They're zany. They're fun. I wanted to experience them, but trying to do it naturally knowing that if i screw up one of the three story events that you need in order to uh advance the plot that i would have to start all over again and that the run would basically be wasted like what you experience with your dragon heat run that wasn't fun for me so now i play monster prom uh only one uh, typically with friends uh where i get friends to do all the voices we just voice act the whole thing which makes the ridiculousness pop out that much more. Uh, or two, when I was playing on my own, just with the guide open on one screen and just treating it 
like a visual novel where I knew that I'd always get the answers correct and I could see what it was that the story had for me, but without the frustration that is inherent in playing the game on your own. Um, I certainly think for its not for its price point, right, that novelty factor is probably enough, but I totally understand why you don't feel like you're going to come back for it. Yeah, I, I would say I, I don't know what I'd probably purchase it for, and Steam doesn't really give you an easy way to see what the price is once you purchase the game. Um, and I don't have it up in front of me, but... It's a yeah, whole like, 15 bucks. For the fif- yeah, so like $15, I played it for eight hours, and I'm sure you and I will play multiplayer at some point. Like, I, I know, like, value-wise, I'm going to get out of it. Um, I wish, like, the first day I streamed, I had left the camera on because there were some, like, awkward, funny moments, and I'm sure the, like, visual of me, like, going, oh, no, and covering my face of deciding I have to do a Liam run just because of that that first choice um, probably would have made it a little bit more entertaining. Um, playing Scott, like, that, I, I was doing some silly voices with him because he's just... He's my favorite character. Like, out of all of them, just the way he was written, the silly, dumb jock dog was just so well done and so entertaining. And every time I interacted with him, when I was doing anything else, like, Polly had a lot of interaction with him because of the pranking. Mm -hmm. And, like, every time he was on my screen... Yeah, Prank Masters. Like, I enjoyed those moments a ton. So, like, I just don't want to have a guide open for this like i i said i'm playing assassin's creed valhalla and there are moments where i'll run into something and i'll spend like five ten minutes trying to figure it out and then i'll open up a guide just because i'm like "Ah, i'm here i just want to get it and it's a completionist thing but this i feel like that ruins some of the fun for me Hmm. of just like click 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 like i'd rather just watch somebody else's playthrough of it on youtube then and just like be like, okay, well, you know, you mentioned Damien punches the sun. All right, let me look up the Damien ending so I can see how that goes. Um, but yeah, like I enjoyed it. I'm not mad that I played it. I I really had a lot of fun uh, with it. Probably up until uh, I failed the event run. And yeah, I would definitely suggest it to someone. Even if you, even if like dating simulators and kind of like anime stuff isn't your thing, it was definitely fun. You can de- you can get some play value out of it. And I'm sure it is a fantastic party game if you are biting in alcohol or some oh, other substance that is legal in some states across the country. Uh, but Chase, mm-hmm. what have you been playing? I see. I'm not much of a sports gamer, so when I play a sports game and I latch onto a sports game, it is breaking from the norm. And that didn't used to be the case when I was younger. I would play a lot of Madden and CA football. Um, I went for that achievement where you take a one-star school to a six-star school, and you know that was always fun. But nowadays, I don't like you know the microtransactions that have flooded like the all Madden style modes, and it just feels like a cheap cash in all the time. So I wanted something that would be fun, that gets to the heart of what a sports simulation is supposed to be, uh, and Super Mega Baseball Three is that. Um, I have been loving this game uh, made by Metalhead Studios. Um, they, it's very arcadey. I think the best way I could describe it is it's like, uh, did you play backyard baseball when you were younger? I, I love the backyard sports series. It is backyard baseball, but for adults and on console. Um, that's, that's the whole, that's basically the whole thing. 
It's just a slightly upgraded version of, of that as far as gameplay goes. It's it's very simple from an input perspective. You have either your normal pitches or your power pitches. You have a normal hit or a power hit, or you can block base running. You know, it's one button. You've got diving catches, obviously, if you want to go for something more acrobatic. Um, but ultimately, it definitely it maintains that arcade style, which creates a game that is very easy to learn, but difficult to master. Um, and it's got an ego scale. Uh, basically, difficulty is determined uh, from a point of zero to 99. And as you adjust on there, uh, you, uh, you know, things get increasingly difficult. Uh, your margin for error when you're trying pitches and things gets smaller. Um, you start feeling the effects of some of your players not being as strong when you're having to constantly compensate for their weaknesses. Um, it's really engaging and fast and fun but the most important thing to me, Walter, is that it has a franchise mode. And the names that it generates from franchise mode. Have you seen like the, the, the Super Nintendo game, that baseball one, where like, like the Japanese company tried to make American names and all of them are nonsense? Yeah, 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 I think I have. So uh, let me walk you through my current roster. These are all real players that are on my current version of my team so uh my first baseman of course is lax bearing um caleb cruz is backing him up but caleb cruz also plays a little bit of catcher so um, he's kind of filling a multi-level place for me we've got peace leathers at second base uh uh yosef lynn raylan albright and horse austin are my outfielders <laughs> um you gotta love uh theo deep as my reliever <laughs> And Hubbub Horn is my shortstop. And my, okay. my starting rotation is Chucky Beasley. And yes, Chucky wears glasses. Thank you for asking. Uh, Lawson Shepard, Sweet Fitzgerald, and August Henderson. Um, I have had a lot of illustrious players come through my, my uh, lineup before. Aloha McClure was the greatest catcher in Whiskers history. Um, burnt tapia came out of nowhere, but really ended up surprising me. Efrit Sierra has a fastball that lives up to that. Um, it's uh, read regulation, actually kind of underwhelming. I got to be honest with you. I expected more from read regulation. Um, it didn't quite live up to the hype. Uh, and of course, how could I forget Windswept Martinez and Xerox Myers, both of whom uh, really stepped up at the plate when I needed them. Uh, Xerox Myers, I believe he's from Rochester, actually. Uh, he might be. Uh, and Xerox, of course, uh, X-E-R-O-C-K-S, uh, because of course it is. Uh, so so I, have, I have one very important question. Absolutely. What kind of glasses do, does Chucky wear? Are we talking like Chucky Finster? Are we talking like, uh, like Charlie Sheen's character? They are in bulky Major frames, very square. Okay, so Chucky Finster, that is that is so beautiful. That is perfect. And actually, I was a little surprised that you you said this. Like, what? Why? Like, why a sports game? Because you're right. Like, I never would have guessed that you'd be like, yeah, I'm playing a, a baseball simulation game. Like, I I think the big thing is that it's fast. 
Uh, I play five inning games because I feel like that's just about the right amount of time before I start getting bored. Uh, and the game does a really good job of adjusting your pitcher um, stamina based on how many innings that you play. Um, it's repeatable. You know, every batter, I can play a whole five inning game in like 15 minutes. If I want to play a nine inning game, easily could knock that out in 20 to 25 if I'm pitching well. Um you get to see the growth over time. Uh, the game has a really awesome balancing system when it comes to franchise resources. So every dollar uh, that you save for the salary cap uh, can be put towards training your players. So if you go all in on a roster, you might have a lot of really good players that you've spent up for, but you're not going to have any money for training in order to help them improve over the course of the season. and People are going to start catching up. Meanwhile, if you end up getting a whole bunch of cheap young players that are going to have to figure it out over time, uh, you can save a lot of money and then pour all of that into making them as good as they can be by the end of the season. And you get to be like this slow, you know, coming up from the bottom and trying to overtake uh, the people at the start of the division. Um, so the pacing of that is really good and satisfying. And there's you know, all of it carries a risk-reward system because some of those trainings might be really good on stats but risk taking away a positive attribute, these traits that players can have that make them particularly good at something, like low pitch that makes you particularly good at batters in the bottom half of the strike zone, or, you know, an RBI man who's really good at, uh, he's just better at contact and hitting uh, whenever you get uh, a person on second base or farther. Um, because of these little things, characters really get a chance to kind of build a personality. Um, you know, I, I have people like, uh, Renata Gross, she was my first baseman for eight years. And I remember she had crazy amount of contact. Basically, uh, I, I remember one season, I think I batted nearly 500 with her. Almost at, half of the time that I went up to bat, she got at least one base. And by the time that she was towards kind of the uh, midpoint of her career at her peak, she was also so fast that most of those hits were doubles. And she won MVP just simply off the fact that she would just hit doubles constantly. Never really hit home runs. Uh, her feeling just because she was a first base never really came up. But I remember her. I remember Andres Rivas, the first guy who, you know, he retired, uh, he retired after season eight, uh, but he had been there since the very beginning of my franchise. And I missed him when he was gone. I built up this idea in my head of, of, you know, the role he played as a veteran that was mentoring these younger players as I was dealing with a rebuild. And it always hurt that it was the very next season after he retired that we won another title. And I, I was like, damn, if he'd just held on one more year, I could have gotten Anders Yunus another title. Um, I'm invested in these players. Um, and I, I have now a spreadsheet, and I will link to the spreadsheet in the comments for this podcast. Um, I have every player that has ever played for the Whiskers over the course of what is now 24 seasons of franchise mode. <laughs> I have not played every game in every season, though for the first 10, I absolutely did. Um, but I have every player that was there when they were there, how many championships they won with me, how many championships they won for other teams, because I do not always win. I, in fact, I went on a seven-year drought of championships because I kind of set a rule for myself that every time I won a championship, 
I would bump up the difficulty for the next one. Every title was a little bit harder than the one before. Um, and difficulty, by the way, very well executed. You can toggle individual difficulty sliders for each part of the game. So if you're particularly good at pitching, but bad at hitting, you can make your hitting ego different from your pitching ego. So you can really customize it uh, to what you want, um, to what your game experience, uh, what you're looking for. Um, and it means that like when I'm gone for a bit, I can just lower the ego to get to a point that's closer to where I'm at until I shake that rust off. Um, and it just, I don't know. I, I've always loved games that have that kind of emergent storytelling, right? XCOM is a great example of this. The XCOM people don't necessarily, like their names are very generic if you don't choose to rename them. But whenever I play XCOM, I always do, which is how I get people like Sergeant Hingle McCringleberry, um, because that Key and Peele sketch is really damn good. <laughs> um, but like, he was my assault guy, and he would, there were so many scraps in which he absolutely should have died, but he didn't. And because of that, it built up a narrative in my head. It wasn't something the game told me was there. It was something I made because the game is tailor-made for those experiences to happen. And baseball is the best sport for them because every pitch, every at-bat feels like its own experience, right? And, and if you play over the course of a series or you play through all of the playoffs, you have those ups and downs, the moments where like, you know, this player came up real big out of nowhere. Um, Plover Benitez was the guy for me. Uh, in season four, he was terrible from a stat perspective, but he ended up having the pitch in game seven of the conference finals and ended up throwing a perfect game, which he never did before and certainly never did after. Um, but it was just everything just lined up for this guy. And he became a figure that I kept, even though he wasn't necessarily as good as players I could have replaced him with because he had that moment that I could always kind of cling back to, right? Um, you get players like Steve Bangett, uh, which is, again, brilliant name. All of these names are so good. But he was a mercenary guy I kind of signed at the end of the season, once I've already gotten all my training dollars, so salary cap doesn't benefit me anymore. And he had perfect batting stats, 99 hit, 99 power, and I struck out every time. I have no explanation as to why it was. It just... For whatever reason, he was very unlucky. And so from that point forward, of course I dropped him from the team. And in my head, anytime he came back, that's why the crowd was booing. Because he was the guy that was supposed to help us in the playoffs. And he fucked up real bad. Um, baseball could do that in a way no other sport can. Because baseball is so individual in terms of its moment-to-moment while also maintaining the team aspect where you can build this puzzle together of all these different pieces uh, that lead to a greater whole. And all of that is better done in Super Mega Baseball with these ridiculous over-the-top names than any MLB licensed game that I have ever played. It understands exactly what baseball is about, the gameplay experience is refined to a point. It's so... It, it, it's everything you would want a baseball game to be. It's everything you would want a sports game to be. 
and I am obsessed. Uh, I don't know how many seasons <laughs> I will be at by the time this episode airs. It will be more than 25, I will tell you that much, because I'm about a third of the way through season 25, and Chucky Beasley is a monster, man. I gotta tell you. Um, it's a lot of fun. I love the Wizards. Yeah, he's the, he's the, the Clayton game. Kershaw of the league. He truly is. Um, he <laughs> won MVP two years ago. Um, he left in free agency, but I immediately re-signed him. I'm like, no, you are not going anywhere, good sir. Get back on my roster. I do not care if I have to overpay for you. Get over here. Um, See, I would say this is the only way that you as an Atlantan would experience a sports championship, but you guys <laughs> literally just won the World Series, so I really, I can't say that. You know what the uh, worst part of that is, though? I'm not even a Braves fan, because my grandpa brainwashed me into being a Red Sox fan way back in the day. So everyone was telling me about how happy I should be, and I just, it means nothing. I've never held that against you being a Red Sox fan. Listen, that's something I always forget and I never want brought up ever again. Um, so we'll just say you're a Brace fan and congratulations on the win. I do think that the like non-standard sports simulation games, uh, like a football manager, are like kind of interesting to me um, because you can do things like that. Like you can rename them. I mean, who, who you brought up Madden earlier. Like I, I haven't played madden in a long time um just because i haven't really been a console player since i built this like monster of a pc that i've now had for six years seven years and like 2k doesn't even play that well on it but i just i wanted a sports game so i was like oh basketball i can play with a controller and like madden and baseball games weren't available but like what kid didn't build themselves in madden and, like, made themselves the star quarterback and made themselves 7 feet to 280 pounds and, like, set everything on easy mode and just so they could see themselves be MVP and be, uh, you know, be a star quarterback and win Super Bowls or win World Series or, like, whatever. And to, like, take that thought and transplant it into it's not putting yourself in the game but it's creating personas for all these different players that don't exist in the real world so you can create their own story i think that's really interesting that's not like the most the best i can do in 2k is put luka and Jokic on the same team because like that's a dream of mine as a fan is i want to see those two guys play together but in reality it means nothing like that means absolutely nothing but being able to have this pitcher that sucks all the time, except the one game where it really, really mattered, and have him throw a perfect game, there is something incredibly poetic to that. And that just, like, you aren't going to feel that in a, like, MLB The Show, because who cares that you have some, like, random, you know, 60 overall pitcher is like that's playing there like cool you you tell someone like oh man i remember the time i threw a perfect game with no name jose and people will be like well he's in like triple a baseball right now and like has a 4.6 era and has only thrown 10 strikeouts like at whatever that's not interesting but having it be your own player with his own backstories it's really fun it's really interesting and like yeah i'm 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 like impressed that you were able to create that big of a backstory and a franchise and and all that jazz in a baseball simulation game. Well, and I, I I give a lot of credit to the devs because I didn't have to come up with any of these names. All of these were generated by the game itself. 
Um, it has a very good sense of humor about it that really helps carry the day. There is one downside, which is that unfortunately, the game was so successful that the behemoth known as Electronic Arts has officially acquired the studio. So oh, yikes. I have, I'm very nervous for the inevitable Super Mega Baseball 4. I'm terrified that they just throw them on an official MLB project and we never get something like this again. But for now, they just released a new update yesterday as of this recording that has reworked a lot of the AI in terms of uh, batter discipline for, uh, and uh, being, you know, the ability for the AI to field properly that's going to make some parts a little bit easier, some parts harder. Um, but all of it is engaging and fun. And I hope that EA does not do the thing that EA always does and take away from all the things that make it what it is. But it's EA, so uh, good luck, uh, Metalhead. I wish you guys wish you guys the best. I wish I had uh, any hope that EA wouldn't do EA things. But listen, they they definitely didn't ruin Madden. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, you know what we didn't ruin, Walter? This podcast. Uh, where can the nice people at home find you? I mean, it's hard to ruin something when it's the very first thing. I mean, we didn't trip on our face. We talked about we want what we wanted to. Oh, wait, I'm not talking about what I'm supposed to be talking about. Uh, <laughs> you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And if you are interested in... Uh, hanging out with me on stream. I do stream uh, theoretically on Mondays, uh, 12 Eastern, uh, noon Eastern. Uh, I think that's like 7 p.m. Central European time and 8 a.m. Pacific. Or I'm sorry, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I forget what time I stream. Uh, Twitch.tv uh, under, backslash Lord underscore C80s. You're going to have to just set alerts up so you never miss it. Uh, definitely go check it out. It's been fun watching you play games, and I can't wait to see what you play next. You guys can, of course, find me at Chase Wassenaar on Twitter. You can find the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod. Um, as you guys may or may not see, depending on how you uh, subscribe to this, we are going to continue to have this as well as all of our future projects in the Rough Drafts feed. But if you want to go subscribe to the specific feed for steam cleaners uh every bit helps get it some attention some early reviews would go a really long way if you think that this was worth your time uh and we will be back two weeks from now for more gaming shenanigans so until then goodbye internet <laughs>